on tonight's show, we have Dr. Eric Briggs. And now for your host, Cool Park. Welcome back to the show, good people. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are on live with episode 25 of the Kicking the Cool Card Show. I am Cool Card. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, real quick recap. Last week, I had Gloria Burns, uh, not Gloria Burns, Gloria Ryan on. I'm sorry, just butchered the name. And that's my homegirl from way back. We go way back. She's a singer, songwriter. Uh, she's phenomenal. She has a new project out called The Raheem Walker Project. You guys, make sure you go check that out on all the platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, wherever you like to listen to music at, you can check her out. You guys, make sure you check her out. Um, You can also check her out on Instagram, uh, Gloria Ryan on Instagram, all right? So, on with the show. This week, if you haven't been to the doctor, I'm bringing a doctor to you. We're going to talk some medical terms and some medical, everything medical tonight. All right, everything medical. This guy is phenomenal. He's doing great work in the community. He's not only in clinical, he's out touching the people in communities, educating people about just being healthy and awareness and about COVID and just everything. And we're going to dive into all of that. He has so much going on. I read this guy's bio, man. It's, it's unbelievable. So he has a lot to say. Stay tuned. Let me bring him in with a warm welcome. You know, I like to do it. My intros, Dr. Eric Griggs. Without further ado. Now let's take a step back. Uh, there's the FDA recently just issued an emergency use authorization, which means that they're issuing authorization in for the sake of this pandemic, uh, another type of testing that's being developed. We have antibody testing to see whether or not you've had the virus and recovered that can tell you, give you a, a, a Slight idea of your immune status, hopefully, whether or not you'll be, you can be immune for the IgG response for antibodies. There's the PCR testing or virus testing, which is the nasal swabs that they were, they swabbed and it's really, really accurate to see whether or not you're actively infected. And there's this new one now called antigen testing. An antigen is something on the surface of a pathogen, the surface of a virus or, or something that can hurt us or a particle that can actually trigger the immune response. So when the virus gets in, it has antigens on the outside of it that make the immune system respond with antibodies and cytokines and a whole bunch of other stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Eric Griggs to the show. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. 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 I say phenomenal. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. This is uh, this is quite the setup. I, I really dig it, man. I, I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy. You said you've been working around the clock, so I know this is uh, hey, this is a big moment for me because you're taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on here and spread some knowledge to the world and to the viewers. Like I said, I like to give value, and I know you have it all, man. So I'm gonna let you basically just take the floor. And have at it. Do what you do. <laughs> so the first thing I'd like to do, uh, I would be remiss if I did not uh, 
did not address what's currently going on in our society, in our community. Um, I don't like elephants. Uh, I really love the animal, but I don't like ele- elephants in the room. And when, I, when elephants in the room, I want to put it in the middle of the room and rot. Um, <laughs> we are in the middle of a lot of civil unrest uh, in the world, and particularly in our country, based on what happened to Mr. Floyd last week. And we'd like to play as much respect to his family as as possible. Um, we are. It's really tragic that in the midst of a tragedy, uh, a biologic tragedy of humanity, we're having to deal with a tragedy, uh, a tragedy of injustice uh, that could prompt another tragedy uh, due to COVID-19 in three weeks. Um, it has bubbled up. Uh, I work in the realm of community medicine, which is three P's. It's people, it's policy, and it's practice. And, there are a lot of terms that have come, become popular since this whole thing had started. Uh, health equity and social determinants of health and all these things that I've been working in these fields and these, in these, in these classes and subjects for the last, for years, uh, in the policy room, in the boardroom. The issue that we have that, we, that has bubbled up uh, in our communities, of, in African-American communities uh, in particular, is that uh, that we if the people haven't been in the rooms when the policies are made, and that's community medicine. It's people, it's practice, and it's policy. Right. So if the people aren't in the room when the policies are made, they don't understand the practice when they're asked to do so. And that's how COVID-19 brought everything to light because we were asking everyone, not just African-Americans, we were asking everyone to go in the house. And it's the equivalent of being outside as a seven-year-old playing with your friends <laughs> in the front yard and having a ball and your mom seeing a dog, that dog in the neighborhood that everybody's afraid that'll get out of the fence. Yeah. The dog just got out of the fence. She's like, get in the house, Eric, get in the house. I'm like, why? I'm not going in the house because you think she's punishing you until she explains that the dog is You're like, wait, oh, the dog's loose. Right. Everybody runs in. Well, that's what's happened. That's the health literacy problem. That's the whole problem we've had for years that's come to a head because of COVID-19. There's a COVID-19 wild dog uh, that we thought we knew that's usually in a fence of coronaviruses. Right. That's wild and got out of the fence. And now we have to move out of the way because we don't know what it's going to do. That's <laughs> basic. That's COVID-19 broken down to your neighborhood, coming to you in the community where you grew up, hopefully where you can understand it. Um, and it's happened in all communities and it's hit our communities the hardest um, the dialogues that need to, that we need to have, uh, or where we need to be forced to have, are being seen. We see it played out on TV every day. Um, we've been experiencing these things uh, as African American men for years. Uh, you, you have friends that are police, policemen, and police women, and when they pull up behind you, you still get nervous, even though you haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's been ingrained in us for a while. Um, and it's time to start having these difficult conversations um, so that we can have equity, uh, not just in healthcare. So with all due respect to the, the, the Floyd family, uh, condolences and respect, um, it's time. We do have the right to protest, and I'm glad that it's, it's being brought to light. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this time we've had these conversations, a change can happen on the end. So that's want to acknowledge that first. Well, do you have, have you seen the numbers lately? Has it spiked since the protests have, you know, risen and everyone's out there pretty much not practicing social distancing? 
So the interesting thing, I'm glad you asked that question. The interesting thing, the way this virus has worked, um, we have to remember that it's called novel. This is the novel coronavirus. And everyone wants to know, is this the same as COVID-19? What's it stand for? So let me let me break that down. Let me be make it real. There's a real complicated scientific form. Hey, real quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off real quick. Scoot over to your left just a little bit. Just, My left? Just, yep, right there, right there. No, no, come back to the right. There you go. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Do I need some aluminum foil? I can put. Nah, I just, <laughs> I just want you centered because I got you split screen, and your head is kind of coming out the camera too. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah, you scoot back just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want you yeah. looking good, man. I want you looking good. good. There we go. You perfect. <laughs> perfect. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So the complicated formula for COVID-19 that came out of SARS-CoV-2, which is uh, Sudden Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome, uh, coronavirus number two, because SARS-CoV-1 we've seen before was its cousin. They came up with the concept of COVID-19. Are you ready for this? It's real complicated. COVID-19 stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019. COVID-19. That's the magic of it. All, wow. Right? <laughs> so that's basically my, my job is to try to simplify things and make sure everyone's on the same page of that health literacy divide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a sender uh, message receiver equation that everybody talks to when we're you know exchanging ideas and discussing, but everyone forgets the other parts of the equation. And one of the most essential parts is the feedback loop. There's a feedback loop because it's supposed to be a loop. At some point, you talk, I listen, mm-hmm. I talk, you listen, and then we exchange ideas and we walk away with a mutual understanding. The way that the system has been was set up before is we're just dictating from places where we think we're smart using our jargon and everyone smiles because we act like we understand and COVID-19 has ripped up the mask <laughs> and said that we really, really don't. Right. So the answer to your question is we have not seen the spikes yet from these protests, but it takes about two weeks, 10 days to two weeks before you actually see the numbers because the incubation period of the virus is anywhere from two to 14 days. Okay. Uh, average of 5.2 uh, in the beginning. Uh, but we have seen it with other super spreader events uh, back early in Michigan when they had the protester events with the AR-15 storming the Capitol for yeah. not wanting quarantines in other states. Uh, the numbers spiked. Uh, okay. People that have gone to churches, you've seen the numbers spike. Okay. People that have parties, the numbers spike. Memorial Day, numbers spike. So the virus doesn't spread the virus. People spread the virus. So is it so is it airborne or is it through touch? How, I, so how's it contracted? Amazing question. How is it transmitted? How is it transmitted? The virus is transmitted through respiratory droplets. It uh, lives. It, 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 it rides on our spit as we talk. And for a distance of six, six feet, if we're normally talking, it drops to the ground on the heavier droplets. The louder we talk, the further it goes, which wow. is why you have different rules for when you're exercising, when you're singing, and when you're volume, which is why it's so important. <clears throat> if people can do nothing else but wear a cloth mask right now, if we got 80% of the people to wear a cloth mask, and there are studies to show it, if we have 80% of the people to wear a cloth mask to keep the cloth mask keeps my virus to myself and it right. protects you. Your cloth mask protects me. The N95s that we were advocating for our frontline workers to, to do those in the emergency room and our central employees to wear, that keeps the virus out. 
Okay. This keeps our virus in with the clock mask. Those things help keep the amount of spit. You know how you're sitting there talking yeah. to someone and you'll say, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to spit on you. Right, right. The oh. less we have in the air, the less there is to transmit. So, so let me ask you this. Is it, <laughs> it just touches your skin anywhere? Do you contract it? Or does it have to be, you know, get in your mouth? Do you have to breathe it in? Like, Absolutely. So what happens is it needs to get to your respiratory tract. Okay. There's these things called ACE two receptors, right? And they're one, they're the they're sound, found in the cardiovascular system. You have them in your eyes, you have them, some in your nose, or you know how they call it the nasopharynx. You've heard that term, nasopharynx? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what I want you to think of, have you ever been drinking some lemonade or water and coughed and started laughing and the water comes out of your nose? Yeah. Whole cavity, that's your nasopharynx. That burning sensation, everywhere it burns, yeah. that's your nasopharynx. There are ACE2 receptors in there, down through your respiratory tract and into your lungs, even some in your stomach and in men in the testes. And if you think about all the symptoms that you hear about, that's where you hear about them. You were hearing about uh, gastrointestinal or stomach symptoms. Mm -hmm. You're hearing about them in the lungs where it causes the pneumonia. You're hearing about the the, the anosmia, the fact people can't smell it, it can't taste. And you've also been hearing about things that happen in people's eyes. So the question, the answer is, the reason that you don't want people to touch surfaces, the whole time that we're sitting here talking, I got a table in front of me, and I'm being medical and scientific, but I'm spitting all over. Right? I'm, <laughs> spitting. I'm spitting. You spitting on your table. I'm spitting on mine. And if I put my hand on your table uh, and I spit and I touch my eyes or my mouth, it can get into my lungs. And that's how I can contract the virus, which is why we tell people to wash their hands, sanitize and disinfect. But most importantly, the big way that it's transmitted is through respiratory droplets, respiratory to respiratory, breathing it in mm -hmm. or getting it in our in our mouth. So is it true about the hot water? So if you drink something hot, it kills it? What's the, is that a, is that accurate or no? Uh-oh. I'm real uncomfortable with that because there are a lot of people that think that. No, the answer is no. That's why I was silent. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm like, hold on, did we lose him? <laughs> So the next time someone asks you that question, I want you to remember this feeling and I want you to just look at them like, seriously, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, that's what, yeah. they, were, that's what they were promoting. That's what they were yeah, promoting at first. Drink you some hot tea. Drink this, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah hot, hot steam. Yeah. Hot steam. Yeah. All that. It'll give you beautiful skin. It'll give you beautiful skin. So there are 7.5 billion people in the world looking for a treatment, a vaccine, or a cure for this virus. And you think it's as easy as going and cutting on all the hot water and staying in a room. <laughs> it ain't work for no other cold or the nothing. Make you feel better and make you breathe, have beautiful skin, but that's it. No, the answer is absolutely not. And I'm glad you brought that up because at the same time that myth was going on, that was part of the hardest part of all of this was trying to stay ahead of the myth mill or the rumor mill. Uh, the, the most dangerous one was the one at first that came out that African-Americans were immune to the virus. Yeah, uh, I heard that, that. absolutely contributed to the fact that in just in Louisiana uh, in April, seven out of 10 bodies that were in the morgue, seven out of 10 people that passed away from COVID-19 were African-American. Wow. If you don't respect this virus, wow. it affect you. It's very serious. It's very dangerous. The reason that it's so dangerous is because in, it, it's, it's infected, which means it's easily transmitted, but it's, it's lethal. It's the perfect dangerous combination. Usually viruses that are infective 
are easily transmitted aren't really lethal. They can make you sick, but they go away. Well, this one has killed people and it's members of our community. So it's, I'm glad you have, you got more, I got more. I'm not going to look at you and be quiet no more. I just want you to remember that feeling when somebody asks, like, if you ain't ever put a blow dryer up your nose <laughs> right now. And I, when, before you ask something, I want to think what you would ask, what your grandma would say if you asked that question. Grandma, if I drink this tea, it's going to make my cold boy away. Go away. Boy, go lay down. Shut well, up. That's yeah, what yeah. You know, it, it was very deceptive because it was, they were saying, you know, that the heat would kill it before it could get into your lungs and this and that. I know you've heard it all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, and, and you know, a lot, some of those people that actually said that end up contracting or, or, or coming, getting infected with the virus. Uh, things got so bad that the, if you go to the World Health Organization website now and type in Mythbusters, all you got to do is type in WHO Mythbusters. They created memes to help people. So to say, no, it's not 5G. Right. <laughs> not 5G. There's no steam. There's ultraviolet light. It's none of that. Um, uh, it, it's not heat. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, the blow dryer one is a real one. No. Uh, I, 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 right now, it's been so long since I heard them because we... We did such a good job. I thought we did such a good job, but I think you're going to surprise me. What else you got? Tell me some more. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, what were some other other things they were saying? Um, I can't even think of them now. <laughs> Stop. I'm glad. Forget them all. I can't even Anything think of them now. All of them are not true. The bottom line is we don't have a vaccine. We don't have a drug to treat uh, we don't have a cure. What we do know that works, and it works uh, based on history. The thing that we know that's evidence-based is what we learned from the flu pandemic of eight, 1918. Uh, that's, they didn't even know what a virus was back then. They just thought it was bad air. If Eric and Eric have a conversation, one of them got sick every time. So what you going to do? Well, I'm staying away from Eric. Why? Because he made me sick. Well, and if I do talk to him, I'm going to cover up my face. Right. <laughs> have N95. They didn't have vaccines. They just knew it was bad air. Well, believe it or not, that actually worked to tame the virus. And that's what we've done now to flatten the curve or to decrease the numbers, to be able to talk about reopening in different countries across, well, different states. So, so we've different. actually decreased it as of right now, though? So if you look at the numbers, it's different for every state. Uh, here in Louisiana, we have decreased our numbers. Uh, if you look, if you go to World Dometer, it's literally World O Meter. Okay. You can track the different countries. You can go down to the states, even to the cities. Um, I can speak for New Orleans in Louisiana. We were one of the hot spots in the world for a while, and we've had zero deaths for a number of days now uh, by by doing exactly what I'm saying: social distancing. Uh, wearing our masks. We're experimenting now with the reopening and we're using a data-driven process. Okay. Ain't no punishment in it. We're just trying to keep people alive because we've lost members of our community. Right. I've lost at least, at a minimum, I've lost five people I know. Uh, I think actually six, might be more than that now. And I've not been able, I haven't even been able to make the Zoom funerals or the drive-through because wow. uh, it's, and you've had to compartmentalize it. So there's a lot going on at the same time. So what about the people who catch it who aren't symptomatic and you know they they beat it and they never really get sick is that like so okay let me ask you this so the people who, who catch it and that pass on did they have underlying issues do all of them have underlying issues was their immune system weak and what about the people who do catch it like all these celebrities we hear about who catch it and nothing ever happens to them like, so the answer the answer is yes and no to everything that you just said. Okay. There are absolutely 
to healthy people that are are contracting or in being, becoming infected with the virus that have no symptoms. Uh, there are absolutely healthy people that get the virus. I have a, one of my best friends has no health conditions but ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It all has to do with the amount of virus or your viral load that you take in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We still don't know if you're fully, the virus has only been around, we've only been knowing about it since December, so I'll say a little bit longer. No matter what, it's less than a year right. that we've known that in humans. So we can't tell you if you're with 100%, which is why the World Health Organization said that antibody tests are only only a, 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 a right or effective 50% of the time. So we don't want to, let's put antibodies to the side because we don't know if you have antibodies to protect you from it. The people that up to 35%, uh, you, early on we were hearing 25 to 50, and now the solid number of people are saying about 35% of the people that contract the virus are asymptomatic or have no symptoms. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they're able to pass it on to other people who might be able to contract or catch the virus and could end up in the hospital or die. And let me set the stage, I'm gonna set the table, a little context uh, for you, and you can help me pass the word. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, comparisons to the flu. Oh, this ain't no, no worse than the flu. That's what everybody's saying. <laughs> the flu is bad, and we need to take it seriously. We definitely need to get our flu shots. The flu kills 35,000 people a year. I want you to really think about that. And we have a vaccine for that one. 35,000 people in the United States die of the flu every year. In the last three months in the United States, we've lost over 100,000 people to COVID-19. Wow. Three and a half weeks ago, we were at 50,000. I want you to think about that. Three and a half weeks ago, we were at 50,000, and now we're over 100,000. And this is all in the last three months. So this this is not... Your, this is not the flu. It's not in the same family of flu. Yeah. The influenza viruses are different. This is a respiratory. Well, it's this is starting to manifest as a respiratory virus, but we're starting to see that it might affect multiple symptoms like the circulatory symptoms or your blood vessel system. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is when you're categorizing and thinking about this virus, everyone's like, oh, well, only like what two to five percent of the people might die, about less than five percent, two and a half percent might die. When we're categorizing the virus, 80% of the people will get a mild form of the virus. And that sounds cool, right? Mild, I'm, I'm good. Asymptomatic or mild, right? Right. The mild form of this virus, have you ever had the flu? Yeah. Yeah. The mild form, did you feel like you were going to die? Yeah. Did you go to the hospital? No. That's a mild. That's mild. The mild form of this virus is everything up to being hospitalized. So take the worst flu you've ever had in your life and put in the hospital, and that's mild. And I want you to remember how long it takes you, how long did it take you to feel, you know, the the medical term is to recover. Uh, About a week. I want to take you to feel back right after having the flu. You remember you go, you get the flu and you finally go back outside and you just kind of, kind of tipping and you quiet. Uh, I leave him alone. He been sick. Oh, he had the flu. Are you good? Wait, you still sick? No, I. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, with this, it's not that case. Recovery from the coronavirus can take anywhere from six months. Full recovery can take anywhere from six months to a year. Now, months to a year. To a year. It affects every system in your body. So I want you to think about this. If you're symptomatic, that the eighty percent is mild. The other fifteen is moderate. Right for about fifteen percent is a moderate case and that means you're in the hospital that means something as simple as getting oxygen put in your nose all the way 
to being put in the intensive care unit with a mask on, being turned in a prone position, everything up to being put on a ventilator. That's a moderate case, right? And then there's a recovery from that. Now, we, we're going to talk about the mental aspect of all this later, right? The last 5% is a severe case, and that's for people that are put on a ventilator. The survival rate, once you're put on a ventilator, is 20, 12 to 20%. Man. Out of every 10 people that are put on a ventilator, one to two will survive. The longer you're on a ventilator, the less likely you are to be taken off the ventilator. So this virus, as good as people might feel and as asymptomatic as they might be and as good as they might think they look, is serious. It's, it's majorly serious, which is why we're making careful, careful decisions and taking careful considerations as to whether or not we want to reopen or how we want to go back to it. Right. What, we need to establish the fact and accept the fact the life that we knew it before this it's not going to come back. There won't be a time within the next, in the foreseeable future, where we won't be thinking about wearing a mask, where we won't be putting my hey, man, you back fun. I'm looking at you on the screen. I'm like, Hold up. put your arm out, man. Let me see. Let me see. Put your arm up. Put your arm up. Let me see. I want to see my fun. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. There's not going to be a time where we won't be considering that is. Yeah. Okay. So, back up. Yeah. And all it's going to take is one person that you know that you never thought would get sick or that you never thought would be affected by this mm -hmm. to die or be put in the hospital. Because what I, I do a podcast every day um, with uh, my colleague, Dr. Mark Allendary, who's an infectious disease specialist. Uh, he's an epidemiologist as well. And we go over the curve, the curve, and we flatten the curve. And we look at the dots and the numbers. And I make it a point every day to get people to understand and remind them that every dot you see on that curve, on that graph, is a person. And every person comes from some community, some family. Yeah. So that's what you're seeing is, and what I'm talking about is, this is community medicine at its essence. And you have to put the community first when you're thinking about what you're doing. Are you? It's your job. I signed up for all of this to be as protective of in every community, the community that I'm in, the community we're in right now, the community I'm in in this building, wherever I am, to be as protective as I am as possible. That's what keeps me up, but it's also what keeps me going. Man, I'm so glad you, you came on. You ain't your arm, bro. I don't know if you fall back enough. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back here. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Now, I was saying I'm so glad you came on because, you know, with everything going on in the media right now and the media really not talking about it as much, you know, if people can get comfortable it's, it's real easy to get comfortable again because you're not hearing about it every day you know maybe it's not affecting you immediately or you don't see anybody that you know sick with it you know and so it's easy to just say hey you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna remove this mask i see so many people walking around without masks right now they're not practicing social distancing and they're, you know they're just living their lives and i'm just like man it's this thing is still out here but they forget. No, nobody's talking about it right now because it's all about protesting. And, and I get it, you know, rightfully so. But the media is not on that. And it's easy to just get comfortable. So I'm kind of I'm so glad you came on here and you're, you're breaking it down. Because even for me, I know it's real. I know the severity of it. But just hearing you reiterate it in, in, more, in more detail, it's just like, wow, yeah, I really got to stay on my P's and Q's and, you know, look out for myself and my loved ones and make sure I'm doing everything possible um, 
in my in my power to you know just kind of ward that thing off, man. That's those numbers are crazy. Yeah. And what about yeah. testing? What about testing? Is testing free? How easy is it for someone to go out and get tested? Because I know that so, back they were back and forth about that too about oh it's too much or are they going to do it for free? What's going on with that? So the best thing that I can advise, I know here in New Orleans, uh, we have updates and we have a system set up. You can even go in and type in Google free COVID-19 testing near me, mm-hmm. COVID-19 testing near me. There's a number. We have a state number and a city number you can call that gives us all that information. And as much as we have these phones, it's really easy just to type in Google um, to, to find out. Um, right. I know some insurance companies are paying for it, uh, the testing. And when we say testing, the only testing that I want people to focus on right now is whether or not you have the virus. That nasal swab, uh, some places are doing oral, which have the PCR and antigens, a bunch of terms. Just worry about virus testing. Don't worry about antibodies right now. They're not going to tell you whether or not, we can't tell you whether or not you can go to work. We can't tell you whether or not that you're safe and protected moving forward. Just worry about that, that nasal swab and potentially the oral one. And find out whether or not, it, it, just go on Google, type in pre-testing near me, and something else that's majorly important. I want everyone that's watching, uh, you can do it when we finish, because I, I trust you now. You don't put your arm out. Uh, <laughs> uh, to go, I want you to Google uh, CDC coronavirus symptom self-checker. Uh, it's free. You go on, and if you're worried about a symptom, uh, if you're worried about your symptoms, it asks you a series of questions, where you are, uh, your age, and the other demographics and you can just put in your symptoms and it'll tell you instructions on where to go should you go to your provider should you go to the er Mm -hmm. uh there's a myth busting site on there Uh, there's all kinds of things that you can you can do uh, that that website again i'm gonna type it into my phone it's the cdc symptom self-checker coronavirus symptom self-checker self-checker okay yeah well and it's evolved. Uh, I think I think she has a name now. They call her Cortana. Cortana. Okay. So CDC coronavirus symptoms self checker, right? Yep. Type it in. Okay. I'm I'm just saving it right now. Yeah. Boom. And then if you um, want to, no, go ahead. What'd you say? Now I was gonna say the best place for uh, advice and questions. Of course, you can follow me at Dr. Griggs One. That's simp- uh, shameless self plug, of course. On all my Instagram, follow them. Instagram, I got Facebook, I got LinkedIn, you name it, but I'm always Doc Griggs <laughs> and Doc Griggs One. Uh, we have a podcast that we do every day on uh, Spotify and on iTunes called Noise Filter, and that's with Dr. Derry. We do, literally do it every day. We look at all of the new studies and everything that comes out. We filter through it and try to put it in digestible bites. The other sites that I'd like for people to follow, believe it or not, USA Today is doing a great job. Um, of breaking things down and explaining what's going on. CNN, of course, your MSNBC, uh, the, uh, the uh, World Health Organization site, uh, The Guardian is a great site. The Guardian. The Guardian? The Guardian. Okay. The Guardian puts out good stuff. This, this is stuff that, that's not too heady, not too jargoning, uh, and not too deep. And if there are any questions, again, like I'm on DM on Instagram and Facebook and all that, Twitter, all that, all the time. I'm, I talk to so many people I don't know from so many different That's countries. what I was going to ask you. you can, people people can reach out to you and you'll, you'll respond to them? Yeah, I, I do respond. Okay. I, I do respond. As long as I'm not asleep or talking to somebody. So everybody watching, you can have a, you can have your own personal pocket doc. 
No, I don't know no pocket, <laughs> pocket, pocket literacy reference if I'm up. No, no. See that? I trusted you. You put your arm out, bro. You put your arm out. You put your arm out. You have your own pocket. A lot of your questions, before you go to any of that, you can go on the CDC site and the World Health Organization site. They have answers to all these questions. Uh, but if you DM me, I'll try to help. I'm not your doctor. Hey, I'm you not, not going to see you. I'm not your doctor, but I can help decipher and point you in the right direction. That dude set me up. Yeah, you set yourself up, man. Oh, that is. You ain't help. Hey, so listen. Tell us about the true symptoms. What are some of the true symptoms of having that virus? Because you hear so many so, things. So initially the core, it's an expanded list and it's on a CDC site. Again, it starts with uh, dry cough, fever, shortness of breath. You heard me say it, breathe, mm-hmm. check, step back, check for symptoms of dry cough, fever, shortness of breath, breath. Uh, Dry cough is a fever that doesn't produce any sputum or cold or phlegm. Uh, a fever. We're talking about a fever of 100.4. Oh, and that's God. becoming, yeah, 100.4. Not 101, not 104, not 102. Now, say I'm done at 8 o'clock. Not 100.4. Okay. And then shortness of breath. Now, shortness of breath for those that have asthma is easy to remember. Shortness of breath that for those that don't, it's doing your usual activities, and you all of a sudden you're finding yourself tired. Okay. You're having your finding yourself having a hard time catching your wind, and that could be something as simple as having a conversation or walking to the bathroom. There's the loss of smell. It's called anosmia. There's a loss or change of taste, dysgeusia or agusia. There's an upset stomach. Uh, there's the, the there's there's a whole list that it, that's expanded. If you go to the CDC site and go to the symptom checker, but this is your core where we started, and it just kind of expands out from there. Um, there's headaches, there's flu symptoms, which is why we want to worry about this second wave because we don't want to get overwhelmed. That's what we're trying to avoid. That's why we try to flatten the curve so we don't run out of resources and run through what we saw happen in other countries in New York and we were, what we were worried about here in Louisiana is having enough hospital beds and ICU beds. Another site to track everything, Johns Hopkins has a great tracking site. For Johns data. Hopkins? Johns Hopkins. Okay. Johns Hopkins Coronavirus or COVID-19 dashboard. And the other one is Worldometer. Okay. I'm typing it into these notes over here. John. Yeah, there used to be a store called World of Rims for your car. It's Worldometer. 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 Okay. Yep. Or worldometer, however you want to say it. Potato, potato, pin, pin away from. <laughs> All right. And so, what about the second wave? Do you, are, do you feel like it's coming? Is there a study? So if, yeah. If you want to do an actual study, I want people to look at what's happening in Brazil. Um, when you go below the equator, the southern hemisphere of the world, the seasons are flipped. So they're in their fall winter right now, like we're going into our summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can look at the sad socioeconomic state of what's happening in Brazil and somewhat of the, the, the difference in restrictive and, and, and swift exercising of social distancing and capability of exercising of social distancing and wearing a mask and, 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 and washing your hands, um, you see the difference. You'll see the numbers that are spiking. And it's, it's a sad situation, uh, especially in the favelas. The favelas are the areas of lower socioeconomics where they have no choice but to live very close to one another. Yeah. They have options. The sanitation is different, the whole nine. 
and you're watching the numbers just Man. rise, rise, rise. So it's 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 a sad state, and that's what we're afraid of. Uh, I'm actually afraid we have concerns now about the virus not not being out of the first wave uh, uh, with spikes because. As we go out, people, the thing that we haven't talked about, again, I told you I like to ride elephants. The elephant in the room we hadn't talked about is, man, people tired. <laughs> tired of being in the house. Right. How many people do you know that say they watch all of Netflix? <laughs> I don't watch, I don't watch, how about TV? I don't watch all of that. All the books in the lot. I read all the books. I'm, I'm ready to be outside. Yeah. And everyone needs to be outside. But what we need to start looking at is the fact that this thing might be around. Let's start looking at the possibility that COVID-19 and coronavirus, this coronavirus, isn't going anywhere. That if you, I want you to think about this. The pandemic that we talk about of 1918, that flu that we talk about. Have you ever heard of the H1N1? Yeah. That's the flu. A hundred years ago. That wiped out almost 50 million people. A hundred years ago. So this virus, if we start accepting the fact that, you know, we might have to deal with COVID for the rest of our lives every year, it might be COVID season. Whether we get a vaccine or not, we might, COVID is, it's trying, what's happening is the virus, it did not come from someone eating a pig or eating a pig lung or doing anything with an animal or a bat. So that's another no myth. Bat, no pig lungs, no nothing. So that's another myth. See, that's what it's I was a- trying to think of when you asked me and I'm like, I know there's something else out there. So none none of that craziness. Nobody ate a bat. No, 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 bat. no, none of no, that. No, 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 no. So what's happened is, and we have virologists. We have a, a, a very world-renowned virologist here, and I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of smart people uh, in virology, immunology, infectious disease. This happens all the time. What happens is animals of different species have their own diseases. They have their own colds. They have their own flus. They have their own now COVID 19 what happens is, and it's husbandry, um, we just have the luxury of going to the grocery store to get our meat. In other countries, uh, they go to the market and they put animals in small cages. And if one animal has a cold or a flu and it's in close proximity, it can cough, it can sneeze, it can spread its respiratory droplets on the other animals. The, the people that handle the animals don't necessarily have on a mask. They don't necessarily have on gloves, but they work very closely with the animals. They breathe the same air. And viruses do what they do. They constantly, it's like a dude trying to get into a party and you keep telling him no at the door. So he go change, he put on a tuxedo, he put on a hat, <laughs> looking you in the eye. And he does what he can't. Virus, that's called mutation. That's what viruses do. So they try hard, as hard as they can to get into the animal and our human species, which is why we have the titles of different types of flus, like the bird flu, like the, the swine flu. Well, it, it started in pigs and it converted over. Not necessarily the eating, it's the handling of it. Going to a state fair where they have, you can pet the animals and the pigs, the pigs or the cows are in the, and they let the kids touch them. Yeah. And the kids they touch their face and all of a sudden the virus mutates and gets into people. It happens all the time and that's what's happened here. So it's not eating, it's just the actual interaction with with the animals that's, that's done it. So that's, that's the myth that's squashed. So Do you know which animal it came from? So what we're thinking, we know that they found similar uh, gene sequences in bats, and there's an intermediary animal. We're not sure what the intermediary animal is, and that would be the animal that caught it from the bat that could possibly go into the humans. They're thinking it might be an anteater or like a pangolin. Yeah, I heard about that. 
Yeah. yeah, it might be that, but it's not necessarily. People do use them for food, but it's not from eating them. It's the handling of it that allowed it to jump in. It did not start in a lab. It's not 5G.、Um, even though there is a, a level four lab in Wuhan, China, it did not escape from a lab. This, what, from what we know, this a similar virus. This virus has been in the animal kingdom for decades. It might have been in humans and jumped out, but for whatever reason, it took that. Last and for some people fatal mutation to get in, and it's trying to stay. It's trying to stay. So, what are the treatments right now? Because I know I have a video of you talking about some of the treatments, some of the different treatments they are. Can you run through those? Yeah. So the treatment for you right now is rest, <laughs> eat healthy food, okay. Take your pills the way you take your pills. What happens is when you go to the hospital, typically. When you go to the hospital, it's for the shortness of breath. What what happens is, say I breathe in the virus, it goes into my lungs. I breathe it down. I'm into my trachea, down my windpipe, gets into my lungs, and then it starts to work on the cilia. We have cells in our lungs that work to beat anything foreign in there out. Well, it starts to damage the cilia. As it damages the cilia, an inflammatory response、uh, happens. The your immune system kicks in. And it adds more fluid to it, and it damages more cells, and the fluid just starts to build up, and build up, and build up. And as the fluid builds up in our lungs, that's what causes the pneumonia, and that's the pneumonia. Sometimes there'll be a superimposed infection in other respiratory diseases. That's when bacteria come in. This is not a bacteria; it's a virus. So there's no, there's no treatment, there's no pill to make it to kill it, to make it go away. But as the fluid, the tissues become more damaged, the fluid builds up. As the fluid builds up, we have less tissue. To breathe with our lungs, we have less、wow. uh, less blood vessels available to exchange oxygen, and as we have less oxygen, it gets harder to breathe. That's what. And then shortness of breath comes in. As the shortness of breath comes in, the amount of oxygen saturated in our blood should be anywhere from 94 to 95 to 100 at all times. But as we're able to take in less oxygen. To get onto our blood, and we get more and more short of breath, the oxygen just falls off to the point that we need to go to the hospital. And when you go to the hospital, what they're going to do is they're going to put an IV in you to make sure that you're hydrated, and that if you can eat, if you can't, they'll try to put get to give you supplemental. They call it alimentation or something to give you some sustenance, and they'll put oxygen in your nose to try to help you fight the virus. If that's not enough, they'll use a mask. They'll warm it up. They'll flip you on your stomach, which is called prone positioning, which allows your lungs have more、uh, an opportunity to expand in your back. They're mostly in our back anyway. So as you breathe, this gives more room for your lungs to breathe on your stomach. And if that doesn't work, then we have to, and with the mask and everything, they'll put you in ICU. They'll give you drugs for everything else it is that you're doing, and then they'll put, they'll take a tube, they'll paralyze you. They'll knock you out. They'll put the ventilator in, and the ventilator will breathe. The mechanical ventilator, a machine, will breathe for you. Unfortunately, only one to two people will come off the ventilator because the entire time that this is happening, because this is a virus, and that we do not have a treatment, we do not have a vaccine, we don't have a magic bullet. All these drugs you're hearing about are not magic bullets. They have to go through a rigorous process of clinical trials.、Uh, I've done decades of clinical trials. There's phase one, phase two, phase three. Each of them, first time in humans, safety and efficacy. Then large to scale out to see if it's ready for market. All this it takes time. But if you should end up on the ventilator from start to finish, from starting in your house, 
having no symptoms all the way to being on the ventilator, even surviving and getting off of it. It's between your body, your immune system, and the virus. That's what I was going to yeah. ask you that because Ulysses in the comments was asking, does keeping your immune system boosted and, and, and well, it, it, it gives you a better fighting chance, right? Yes, absolutely. Ulysses, and let me tell you the best immune booster. I want you to go in your cabinet and get that bottle of immune builder, builder pills. I want you to look at it, not on the front label, on the back label. And then I want you to walk to the kitchen. I want you to lift up the garbage can and throw it in the garbage. That's <laughs> an immune builder. <laughs> immune builders, all that stuff is a bunch of crap. The best way to boost your immune system, I tell people, is to get checked, get fit, get moving. It's to go to the doctor regularly. If you have a health condition, make sure you're taking all of your pills. Talk to your health care provider. Get any questions, any questions that you might have about not understanding or medical literacy or any of that stuff, then DM me. I'll help you out. But talk to your health care provider about your health. Know your own status in the African-American community. We need to know if you have sickle. You need to know if you have sickle cell trait. This is a disease of decreased oxygenation. Uh, so you want to make sure that your cells don't sickle and you don't know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Then we want to talk about getting fit, eating healthy foods. The body is made up of proteins, carbs, fats, and water. So that means that we should eat protein, carbs, <laughs> fat, and drink water. <laughs> it's really that simple. Natural foods spoil. You want to eat two to three servings of fruits and vegetables. You can follow the ADA fruits and vegetables. You want to eat foods that are, are calorie, cal calorie poor and nutrient rich. That's your fruits and vegetables. The multivitamins, your best multivitamins are the ones that you eat each color in your diet, in, your nat in its natural state. Your fruits and vegetables has different nutrients that you need. So color up your plate. You know, it's portion size. Your plate should be about the size of your hand. Everybody like, my hand's too small. No, your meat can be the size of your fist. Your vegetable can be the size of your fist. Your carb or your 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 whole grain can be the size of your fist. It all fits yeah. on a plate. My grandmother used to say, take all you want, but eat all you take. I'm not saying to have just one plate, but pay attention to how full you feel and drink a bunch of water. The last thing is find an exercise that you like to do and do it. This is for cardiovascular strength. If you want to lose weight, you have to eat less food. What? Exercising on extremes, the average person that exercise about anywhere, the maximum amount of calories that the average person will burn in an hour is about 300 to 600 calories. An intense workout, you might burn 900 calories. Mm -hmm. 300 calories is about the equivalent of three bags of chips. <laughs> three little bags that's mostly air. Right. Uh, it's the equivalent of, if you get the peanut butter crackers and there's six of them, it's eight peanut butter crackers. You done ran four and a half miles and you done ran off one pack of peanut, one and a half packs of peanut butter. <laughs> this is good for your heart because you can, the exercise is good for your heart. But if you want to eat, lose weight, you have to eat less foods. It's portion size. And the last important thing that you need to do for your immune system is you need to get rest. It's one of the most important things that you can do. And I need to practice what I preach and start working out of rest. I need more rest <laughs> in my life, for real. Yeah, but take that Immune Builder pill and throw it in the trash. If you like the flavor of the Immune Builder, the smoothie, then drink it. But the best Immune Builder is eating food. The body is made to process foods that we eat and chew. Okay. Let's talk about recovered COVID. And I thank you for all of the knowledge. All of the knowledge. 
and we may come back to it actually but let's talk about the doc griggs foundation because remember not remember you know what you do but everybody watching at the at the top of the show i was talking about how he touches the community goes out to community brings about awareness and so I wanted to bring him on the show because of that. So let's talk about your Doc Griggs Foundation and how you go out and, you know, you're touching the people and bringing about that awareness about being healthy and everything. So thank you for that. So the Doc Griggs Foundation uh, is part of who I am. I'm the community medicine director for Access Health Louisiana, uh, health educator for Fox 8 News, health contributor for uh, uh, WBOK, uh, Contributor at WHIV. I do a lot of media, FM 102.3 FM, and we do noise filter and a podcast. The problem that we're having now, COVID, this, I'm going back to COVID right now just to make uh, a point. Okay. Um, our healthcare system had been set up to fail for a long time. Um, the average doctor visit back way back in the way back when I was in med school was anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to an hour. And now the average doctor visit in-person visit prior to COVID-19 was about 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're healthy, there's no way that any doctor can tell you what you need to do in 12 minutes for the rest of the year. Uh, <laughs> all, all these drugs and all these things that you sit there, well, you have hypercholesterolemia, hyper, hypertension, and you might have metabolic syndrome. Do you understand what I'm saying? And everyone does this. You know what he said? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. The doctor just, what pill are you take? He told me to take a white pill. Are you going to take it? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and we end up <laughs> suffering for it. So I try to bridge the healthy, uh, the, the health literacy divide. The answers for the community um, come will come from the community. So you have to have conversations with the community in order to help the community. Right. Everyone knows what the commu- what they think the community needs, but very few people ask them what they want. And what's ha- the brilliance of any community is, and we're seeing this in COVID-19 with the behavior changes and flattening the curve, is once you give something to people in ways that they understand it and they give it back their way, showing you that they do, they'll show you brilliant things that you never thought about. And that's, I live in that lane and I work hard to empower uh, students and members of the community to be experts in their health and the health of the community. Uh, and I take by any what is it by any means necessary, whatever it takes. If I have to put on costumes, if we have to dance, if I have to roll on the floor with the kids, if I have to hoop, if I have to dance, and I can't dance, if I got to sing, whatever it takes to reach the community, I'd rather be rather than have the focus on me and sing a solo in front of a packed audience. I'd rather be the conductor in an audience full of brilliant people singing my version of their song until they can give it back to me and I can learn to sing it their way. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you travel and go to different communities, different schools? And are you like booked at universities to come out and speak? And how does that work? Right. Hey, bro, you done forgot about COVID? Do I have to tell you to do this again? Have no, you forgotten well, about COVID-19? Well, man, before, before COVID, because you didn't just start this yesterday. Jokes, man. Jokes. Please. <laughs> Breathe. You didn't just start it yesterday. Relax. Just jokes. Yes. Now, now I'm pretty sure it's through Zoom and old school Skype like I got you on right now. <laughs> yeah. You're in the Skype, bro. Yeah, you got me on Skype. I, I dig it. Um, <laughs> You'll never yeah, forget me for it. Prior, prior to this, yes, uh, I went, uh, I was, especially with an organization called STEM NOLA, founded by my friend, Dr. Calvin Mackey. We've touched over in the last six years, over 60,000 kids in the community, bringing STEM to the community on Thursday. Believe it or not, uh, we'll be doing a heart day where I teach kids 
about the heart, the different parts, the right atrium, right ventricle, left atrium, left ventricle. Going to colleges, uh, this journey in community medicine has taken me to other countries, Cuba. Uh, it's taken me states. It's taken me to cities that I, I never would have thought that needed it. But the message is the same in all of the communities. Uh, if you walk in with a smile and you try to attract smiles, you can lead people with smiles and people understanding full understanding and people feeling empowered. The purpose of engagement is to engage your audience, excite them about your topic and themselves, and mostly to empower them. And if you want to be invited back, and this is just a little pearl, you need to finish early. So I want to make sure that we don't hit that hour, because if you talk too much, don't nobody want to talk to you. If you talk too much, nobody wants you back. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cut it short here in a minute. All right, yeah, we got eight minutes early. for that hour. We got eight minutes. No, no, mm-hmm. ain't gonna happen. Go and wrap it up, Doc. <laughs> 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 what I'd like to do, and, and and not to be rude, but my battery is dictating. This. <laughs> That's the real <laughs> reason. That battery about to cut you short. I got about three three percent left. I didn't just want to disappear. Um, I just want everyone to, to be safe. My platform is to get checked, get fit, get moving. Yeah. Uh, I want everyone to follow. Go to my website. Follow me on Instagram. Of course, I want to thank you for having me on, allowing me a platform Absolutely. to share. Some my experience and know that I'm here uh, at Doc Riggs One on Facebook. I mean, Doc Riggs on Facebook, Doc Riggs One on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Eric Griggs MD, Dr. Eric Griggs on LinkedIn. You name, just you can find me. Get the website. Give the website. The website, go to www.docriggs.com, which will be changing soon because we've been busy with COVID 19. Uh, I really admire your first name, I admire everything it is that you're doing. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Go out there, wear your mask, social distance, and breathe, check, step back. We got this, all right? Absolutely. Hey, man, I appreciate you. You're a blessing. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on. Thank everybody for tuning in. We're gonna, I'm going to exit the show with another video of him explaining a few things. So we're going to wrap it up like that. Let's go before your phone dies. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm a, listen. I do. A, I'm gonna do a year end wrap up. I'm gonna have to have you back on, so I'll make that connection with you. And absolutely, we can we can kind of reconvene and see where we're at then with this whole thing. I appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate it. Thank you. We give me a pound. We'll give you a pound. Boom! There it is. Boom! <laughs> All right, peace. So if you remember, the the pathogen is the virus. Outside of the virus is the antigen. The the immune system detects the antigen and triggers the response. So now, what does that mean? That means that instead of uh, the resources needed for antibody testing or the PCR testing, we're able to take a quick, potentially have a, a rapid test for what the antigens on the outside of the cells. Like I said all that to say, are you familiar with it? Yes. The rapid strep test uh, that you get at the office, we're able to do. It's not quite as accurate as the PCR, um, but it, antigen testing is accurate enough that we could do it with few resources and do it in mass quantities. There's one company working on the saliva test uh, that we can do. Uh, and it can be, like as I said, all of this by detect- detecting the, the things that stimulate an antibody or immune response uh, called antigens are done really rapidly with no, low numbers of resources and can be mass produced. So this is a step in the right direction. Remember, antigens are on the outside of the virus and they trigger the immune response. 
totally different than antibodies that come in and can tell you whether or not you've been infected, but being able to test for them allows for a rapid test that can be done in large quantities, which is what we need right now.